Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on arguments for God. Arguments or reasons that we can give for the existence of God. Now, as Christians, we have a presuppositional belief that God already exists which is true which is great but the reality is as we look around our own homes as we look around our community as we look around our nation there are numerous individuals who reject the notion that God exists So since we've been commissioned by God himself to go forth and share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, we need to be prepared as we go forth to articulate the reality of God's existence. So it's not enough for us to say they have their beliefs And I have my beliefs. And as long as I have my beliefs, it's okay. They can believe what they want to believe. That is not an option for the Christian. For our hearts should be heavy. Knowing that the devil has blinded the eyes of these individuals who claim that God does not exist. So I want to challenge all Christians to stand at your post that you may give a reasonable answer to those that ask you concerning the hope that is within you. Uh, Peter says we ought to be always ready to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and we do it with gentleness and respect. Then the Apostle Paul writes, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Again, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. As we do a little review I often thought talk about truth what truth is and what truth is not and truth is telling something like it is truth is also that which correspond to its object and God believes in the correspondence view of truth he is not a man that he shall lie In Isaiah 44 and 6, Scripture tells us 
that uh, he's the first and last. And beside him, there's no other. Again, God values the correspondence view of truth. He warned the children of Israel that when you enter into the land, do not adopt their cultic customs. Do not worship their gods. Why? Because God, the real God, the authentic God is a jealous God. And he doesn't want us given our worship to someone else outside of him. We can't give to others what belongs to God. So this whole notion that God does not exist is a ploy from Satan himself. And if Satan can get humans to believe that he does not exist, then he can have his way with them. That's why it's so important that as believers, we pray, we study the word of God, we prepare ourselves to effectively give a response to those who require an answer regarding who we say we believe in. And if we believe in God, quoting scriptures to someone who doesn't believe that the scriptures are the words of God will not be as effective. So we have to meet people where they are as Paul did on Mars Hill. So are you willing or are you prepared to share with those around us who may be uh, arguing, who may believe that God is not real, that God is, is some sort of social mythology that's been created for us to soothe our minds and souls. There are those like Richard Dawkins who claim that God does not exist. He is a notable atheist and he believes that all of our mores, everything we have that we call good as humans evolved. So through trial and error, humans were able to determine through their social groupings, through their social filters, through their localized judges and, and councils, they were able to formulate what was right and wrong. And through a period of time, through trial and error, they were able to develop why certain things are right and why certain things are wrong. So again, he's given a human humanistic explanation uh, because he has attempted to erase God out of the picture. And so last time on the last episode, we talked about the campaign, especially in northern Sacramento, uh, from the free thinkers group. They erected 55 billboards all over uh, the northern region of California to try to promote their belief system that God does not exist. And again, scripture says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So we as believers, we as converts, we, we that are disciples, we that profess to be Christians, we have to be always ready to give each man an answer 
giving them a reason for the hope that lies within us. There is a camp dedicated to atheism. And what makes this camp so unique is that they are teaching these children that God does not exist. They are de uh, uh, dealing with these innocent minds and pouring in them a falsehood, trying to, again, uh, disciple them, convert them into becoming humanists. And for humanists, they reject all type of religion and they make humanity the center of their goal, the center of their life and uh, human humanity supersede all else, including this notion of God or this notion of a transcendent being. So this camp quest is gaining momentum. There's one in Seattle. I believe there's one in Arizona and there's one in other States. And these parents are sending their children to this camp that promote atheism and promote free thought. And again, on the last episode, uh, I wanted to remind Christians that we can't allow others to frame who we are just because we are Christians. Just because we practice faith doesn't mean we have no intelligence. Doesn't mean that we have no will. We choose to serve God. We choose to love God. We choose to walk by faith and not by sight. And just because we walk by faith and not by sight doesn't mean that we kick our intelligence away or that we punt, we punt our brains away. God has still given us reason, the ability to discern uh, whether things are right or wrong, the ability to form constructive logical uh, syllogisms we have the ability to use our senses to make sense of the world around us they are Christians that include both empiricism as well as idealism so Christians can be thinkers and still be people of faith but those out in the world would like to separate faith from reason they believe they have a corner on the sciences. They believe that if you are a Christian, you can't practice good science. Why? Because you, you as a believer need to stay in your realm of non-empirical, emotional, uh, non, uh, uh, non-physical uh, entities and, and, and dealings and stay, stay in your church mode and don't try to practice things that deal with the physical realm. Let the, let the non faith people deal with the sciences. That's what they're trying to say. But the problem is God created the laws of science and we can't separate the laws of science and the things around us and the ability to use reason to make sense of the world. We can't separate that. Th those things are complementary. We have faith, but yet we are able to study the things around us. We are able to deduce certain things. We're able to hypothesize, but yet 
our our hypothesis does not exclude God. We include God. Then another thing that uh, touched my heart is there's this recent movement of uh, atheists coming together uh, for their rallies and and to promote their belief that life is fine without God. And we should all be touched by these movements uh, because these people are lost. And Jesus had compassion on those that were lost. So we as believers should be praying for these individuals. We should be asking God to give us opportunities to share with them with gentleness and respect. And at the same time, when the opportunity presents itself, we should be able to give a reasonable defense of why we believe God exists. And so on this episode, I would like to just give us a few things that we can use in terms of methods to share with those that are sincere. They may not believe that God exists, but they're open to hearing the alternative. And that life is not life for those of us that are Christians without God. Life is not the same when you're living this life, this existence without the creator. So I want to employ the church. I like to uh, beseech you all to stand up and share the testimony that God is real and that God has saved and sanctified you. That's your uh, experiential testimony. But yet there are some objective arguments that we can use in order to demonstrate that our God is real. One of the uh, famous arguments that we as Christians have used over the years is that of the watchmaker. It's also uh, called the argument from design. And this demonstration or this argument was created by William Paley. And basically, I'm, I'm summarizing for we don't have a lot of time on the show. But William Paley basically says that imagine if you saw a rock just sitting there. He would say that that rock has not always been there, that that rock was placed there by someone. Now, he's presupposing that God exists. But then he moves from a rock to a watch. He says, imagine you're walking along and you stumble or come across a watch. And you see the complexities of this watch. You see the uh, the machinery inside the watch. Would you think that this watch had always been there? That this watch had no watchmaker. He said an intelligent person would conclude that obviously if there's a watch and it's because of its complexities, there has to be a watchmaker. He said, well, likewise, when we look at the complexities of the universe, when we talk about even the position of the earth and how it's designed and all of the inner workings of the universe, 
How can you look at this complex creation and say that there's no creator? There has to be an intelligent designer when we look at the universe. That's William Paley, and that's called the teleological argument or the argument from design. Then I would like to introduce uh, Thomas Aquinas, the uh, Dominican philosopher and friar from the 13th century. Uh, century. And Thomas uh, talked about the five ways to prove that God exists. And his first argument in the five ways is the argument from motion. He claims that since everything that is in motion has something that put it in motion, then there has to be a first being or, or, or something that first put whatever is in motion into motion. So he claims that as a result, the universe, since the universe is in motion, that God is the first mover. That God is the one to first initiate this movement of the universe. Then uh, his second argument is that from efficient cause. And by efficient, uh, efficient cause, he's basically t is talking about uh, the source of the primary change. The source of the primary change. So basically he's arguing that uh, nothing created can be the cause of his own existence. So we are created. Uh, the plants, the ro rocks, the mountains, uh, everything on this earth, everything is universe has been created. And as a result, they could not have created themselves. Everything created, everything that exists, owes its existence to something outside of itself. Something just can't uh, uh, create his own self. So uh, Thomas is arguing that God is the one responsible for the first creation. Then the third argument is the argument from necessity and from possibility. And what he's saying is that uh, it's not necessary for anything to exist. We talk about God's providence and his grace. It's, it, it's, it's not necessary, but God through his benevolence made things exist. And as a result, things that exist are, uh, are contingent. They, they owe the existence to uh, something or someone outside of themselves. And we're saying that uh, since all of nature uh, is contingent, meaning that they owe the existence to some someone else, we're saying that someone else is God. So everything that's created owes its existence to God because everything created did not create itself. If you go all the way back, they had a starting point. So we're saying that that uh, a starter is God. Then his next argument, uh, the fourth argument is argument from gradation. 
And basically what he's saying is that there are degrees of perfection. So for example, you have something called smaller. You have something called larger. You have something called hot. You have something called warmer and cooler. So if something is cooler, that implies that there's a standard of cool. If something is hotter, that means that uh, th there's a standard of hot. And, and these standards of grad gradation ultimately implies that there's a perfect uh definition or perfect standard of of good there's a perfect standard of hot there's a perfect standard of love there's a perfect standard of righteousness and we're saying that god is the embodiment of these perfections so that's thomas's argument from gradation then his last argument is the argument from design so what he's saying is that just as nature works toward its desired goal and that goal isn't by chance he's saying that uh everything in nature is working toward its own cause and these are uh mostly unintelligent things and because they're unintelligent they're not doing it through reason because they don't have uh uh, they don't have the ability to uh, think. They don't have the ability to uh, be rational. So how is it that they're able to do things in nature? We're talking about these in inanimate things, a uh, grass, the way the, uh, the grass grows, the way that uh, different things in nature supports itself. It's not them supporting themselves. It's God supplying what they need. And if we look at Matthew 6, uh, all the way down to verse 33, we will see that this is an example of what Jesus was talking about. Uh, the, uh, the birds don't have to worry about uh, prov uh, provision. God makes sure that they're taken care of. Uh, other creatures in, in, in nature uh, don't have to worry about their sustenance. God takes care of them. God uh, 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 put the, 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 the green in, in the grass and, and, and God provides the rain in certain places and God is able to hold back the rain and let allow uh, some parts of the earth to dry. This is God's doing. So what Thomas is saying is just like uh, these things in nature are being guided toward uh, a desired goal. It's not by chance. God is the one directing them. And God is like uh, an individual that's shooting uh, the arrows toward uh, the goal or toward uh, his uh, object as, an, uh, as the archer or archery is in process. So is God. God is the one guiding nature. And we as Christians must remind the world that he is indeed real and he is the one that gives us breath and he is the one who desires a loving relationship with his creatures. We thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time on Sound Reasoning. May the Lord be with you and have a blessed day as you defend the gospel. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. 
Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught, so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.